0: Everybody, this is the second episode of Wrestling Recess. I'm Dyson Gold here with former Ohio State wrestler Johnny DeJulius, who recently joined the Harvard coaching staff. Congratulations on that, Johnny. Thanks, bro. Okay, uh, thanks for uh, coming on here with me. And uh...
1: my pleasure, man. I'm excited. I'm really excited that uh, you and and a bunch of uh, you know young wrestlers that really care about the sport are starting podcasts and starting talking about wrestling. That's what we need. So that's awesome. Thank you to you.
0: Yep. And uh, let's get started with some questions. So uh, how and when did your wrestling career begin?
1: It's actually a very interesting question. It's uh, a little bit of a story, but I was about five, maybe six years old. My mom, uh, who unfortunately passed away when I was 16, um, she I played baseball. My dad played baseball in college. And my dad always wanted me to play baseball. So I played baseball all summer long, T-ball when I was real little. But I was a very hyper kid, like ADD, hyper. And I had nothing to really calm me down and like wear me out during the day when it was wintertime, right? So obviously, I was like so little. My parents were little. So I had like no, you know, no shot playing basketball. My mom goes, oh, we're just going to bring you to wrestling. So, long story short, she brings me into my first practice ever. And then the cool part was, uh, you know, I said, unfortunately, she passed away. I actually got her signature tattooed on the inside of my arm that we get our hand raised in wrestling because she's kind of the one that got me started in wrestling.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, big shout out to her for getting me started, right? And then, yeah, I loved it ever since. So I was able to just continue since I was six. Now I'm 27 so it's been 21 21 and a half years I was just scrapping
0: do you have much success early on
1: you know I was pretty good early like I was by like eight nine years old I was going to Tulsa and I think I won Tulsa when I was like nine so like three years into my like really wrestling I was I was doing pretty well actually you know buddy I went to a lot of uh, a lot of tournaments out by you like I went to North Allegheny tournament a lot Right, you're, you're you're northern northern yeah. Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. So I was out North Hills. Is that near you?
0: Uh, yeah. It's probably like it's probably like an hour and a half, hour forty five away from me.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what tournaments are are big now, but when we were little, right, we always uh like hyped up Pennsylvania wrestling. Pennsylvania was just such a hotbed for different types of refereeing and different types of uh, mat wrestling. You know, in Ohio. You get called for stalemates pretty quick when you're riding on top. So when I would come to Pennsylvania, it was a different type of wrestling where I had to work on top, and I wouldn't get called for a stalemate, and you just got very good at mat wrestling. So being around Pennsylvania wrestlers actually really helped me when I was young because I just learned kind of how to ride, you know what I mean, kind of mat wrestling better. And I was one of the few in Ohio that could actually wrestle on top and bottom as opposed to only wrestling on my feet. Like, a lot of Ohio guys in my, like, you know, time frame, time frame would kick people out a lot instead of riding hard. And I don't know. I, I give a lot of that credit to, to going to PA every weekend. So I came yeah. out of Ohio, like, every weekend to go to PA.
0: <laughs> I, uh, a couple of years ago, I'd go to, like, a tournament in Ohio, like a preseason tournament. Which There's one? Like a, I, it was just a small tournament at school. I forget which school it was. Right. But uh, we would – and it was like a – if you went out, if you ever went out of bounds, you would come back up on your feet. Oh, when there was like and each period started on your feet. You know, that's how so Tournament weird. of
1: Champions is too. Tournament of Champions. Is like yeah, that. I like I like Tournament of Champions because I wanted a bunch of times when I was little, but <laughs> but um, I just value mad wrestling a lot. I'm sure you do too. Yeah. Yeah, it's dope. I um, it's kind of it's kind of funny how like there's trends in wrestling, you know, like for a while. I feel like the trend was sweet takedowns and explosive takedowns. And Burroughs, you know, kind of set the trend, you know, a few years ago. But lately, wouldn't you say the trend is leg attack defense?
0: Yeah. 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 That's like the cool
1: thing right now. And it's even funnier thinking about that it's leg attack defense, but it's not because people are defensive like Yanni. Yanni has unbelievable leg attack defense. But he's not a defensive wrestler. So it's almost like because he opens himself up so much and risks to score and shoot, he also opens himself up to give up some shots once in a while, and he just has to be great at leg attack defense. So now it's like him and Nolf and Nickel and, and all these guys, they, they go out, they score points, but at times they also give up their legs where their leg attack defense is just phenomenal. and That's, like, the new trend, I feel like. You know what I mean? It's like the, it's like what's hot right now, leg attack defense. It's weird.
0: Yeah. Like, even in, like, elementary wrestling, like, every time someone gets in a shot, they're all going for, like, funks and stuff. It's
1: crazy, right? It's pretty cool. I like how, uh, how things, like, change over time in wrestling. Like, you know, in two years, maybe leg attack defense is less of a trend, and maybe everybody's, you know, starting to work more duck-unders and stuff like that. And... and and
0: non leg attack attacks
1: and you know you never know where wrestling is going to progress to it's, it's yeah. interesting to see how that happens
0: so uh next question as a as you as a wrestler who has dedicated over half their life to the sport uh how would you suggest to like a parent to introduce their child to the sport
1: you know that's a great question i um one thing i wish i did and i heard Kyle dick did this i don't know if this is true But one thing I wish I did was I wish I did gymnastics before I wrestled. Maybe for like a year or two and then maybe let them like overlap a little bit when I was like six or seven. But just having that body control and body awareness is such an advantage um, in life, let alone wrestling, you know. And I do wish like when I was like five or six, I started in gymnastics. And then when I was six and seven started wrestling. And kind of kept uh, gymnastics, you know, involved as I wrestled. And I just think it would really help my body awareness. Um, Also, as just wrestling, like in just wrestling terms, you know, never forget the reason why you start T-ball or the reason why you start Mighty Mighty Football is because you have fun, right? You have fun, you love it. Mm -hmm. The reason I wrestle right now at the senior level right now, trying to make Team USA go to the U.S. Open, or the reason I wrestled at Ohio State in college is still the same reason. It's fun. Why am I going to do that if it's not fun? And I just hope parents don't forget that it is fun. And it's not just fun for them, it's fun for their son or daughter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't want it to be a chore like, oh, I have to go to practice now. Obviously, no one loves practice. I'm <laughs> never going to, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. You're not going to want to wake up excited to run into a, to a practice where someone's (laughs) going to make you sprint for two hours. But parents got to remember this is because we love putting it on the line and seeing what cool moves we can hit, you know, and uh, at times it's going to be tough. At times you're going to have to get on your kid. At times you're going to have to, you know, get on him for certain things, but you can't get on somebody for losing. You can't yell at them for coming up short, coming in second, stuff like that. And that doesn't – I don't want people to get that confused with, oh, I want everybody to get a ribbon or everybody – that's not what I want either. Yeah. I just want people to have fun and fall in love with the sport. And success is a byproduct of loving something. You know what I mean? It's a byproduct of being in love with what you do. So that that's what I want first. You know, let the let the serious stuff come when you are – late in your junior high years and, and you're looking at your high school years. But even then, don't forget why you started. Why you started was because you're a kid who thought it was cool to hit a headlock or a kid who thought it was cool to hit a duck under. You know what I mean? Like, that was cool at first, make sure that's still in your head. And wrestling is just fun and cool. You know what I mean? That's yeah. That's what I value. But why'd you start wrestling? Real quick, I'm going to flip it on you. Why'd you start wrestling?
0: Uh, Well, I guess... uh. My dad was just, like, uh, the junior high coach at my school. Yeah, I was just around the sport. So then, like, he actually, like, took me to practice when I was, like, three or four. And I was really little, and I'm still small. I'm going into eighth grade, 85 pounds. So, like, I was, like, really small when I was, like – You're in eighth
1: grade right now, 85. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah, you're tiny, bro. Yeah. uh, Are you going into ninth grade or going into eighth grade? Going into eighth. Okay, so that's not too bad. You got to try and gain – close to 15 pounds this summer yeah yeah but that's all right you still you know do what you love though you know everything else is is just gonna take care of itself the weight you know whether you're giving up weight or not if you just keep doing what you love that's what's fun
0: yeah so like it was like he took me to practice was like four or five and i started wrestling and then i remember i there was just no one really to practice with me because i was so small so i couldn't uh so then I, I, I might have, like, taken, like, a year off, and then I came back the next year. And then I uh, then I was actually able to start wrestling and stuff.
1: Nice. Pretty cool. Now you love it, right? Yeah. See, I mean, if you're starting a podcast, you definitely love it. Yeah. <laughs> nice.
0: So, like, you were saying how, like, you just want the your kid to love the sport and that. Yeah. How would, if they struggle to have the same passion and love for the sport as you do, how would you kind of, like, help them love the sport and uh, create a good passion for it?
1: So I would probably never force anything, right? Like, I would want them to to find what they love no matter what. Even if it was freaking, you know, picking up garbage. I don't care. Whatever they love, I'm, I'm all in for, right? As long as it doesn't harm somebody else. I'm all in for whatever they love. Um, what I see more often is I don't see parents – Helping their kids find love. What I see more of is parents are making their kids hate the sport.
0: Yeah,
1: and, you know what I mean, and parents don't realize they're making their kids hate the sport. So they're taking them to. I don't want to say the hard work is going to make someone hate the sport. You're going to work hard in whatever you do. So mm-hmm. that's not it. But but the yelling on the way home from practice that might drive somebody away. Yeah. Um, the over competition schedule. Might drive someone away. You don't need a hundred matches in fifth grade. You don't. You know. You need. Um, you need to train. You need to learn wrestling. You need to go hang out with your buddies that are in the wrestling room. You need to go to some camps and have fun and stay up late and eat some junk food. That's all good, but you don't need to be putting a thousand road miles in a month on just wrestling tournaments just to log in a hundred plus matches. You know what I mean? I just don't see uh, the need. Now, everybody's different. There's always going to be outliers, right? There's always going to be yeah. one kid, two kids that's just like, "Dude, take me! Dude, take me to every!" That's fine. But for the most part, there are some kids that do get a little burnt out, right? I mean, I, I've been burnt out before, and 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 I just I, I'm obsessed with wrestling. I've been burnt out, so I just I see more so kids that could love it one day get burnt out as opposed to the uh, opposite side where kids are struggling to find love for it right you you know you see a correlation things that you're good at you also somewhat like a little bit you know what i mean you do so if a kid's decently good at wrestling he's gonna like it a little bit and the more that you just create a good atmosphere and good people around him and good memories doing it you're going to fall in love with the whole process of it. So that's kind of my whole spiel about loving it. But whatever anybody does, you're going to suffer. Whether it's, like I said, picking up garbage or editing YouTube videos and wanting to be a YouTube star or singing and acting. and Whatever you want to do, your passion, you're going to have days you struggle and suffer. You might as well choose to suffer for something you love, you know? You're going to have days you're up at 3 a.m. editing a YouTube video. You're going to have days that you're making mixtapes that nobody's buying and people are making fun of and roasting at high school, right? You're going to have those suffering days. You might as well suffer for something you care about, something you love. And to me, that was wrestling. I suffer for for two things, skydiving and wrestling, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So
0: that's it, man. So uh, that goes uh, into our next question. So like why skydiving? Like, how did you get into it, and uh, why do you like it?
1: Good question. So, I've actually, um, I'm 27, right? I've never drank in my entire life. I've never had a sip of alcohol. I've never smoked anything in my entire life. You know, I've taken Advil, you know what I mean, and drugs like that, but I've never done anything real. You know what I mean? I've drank caffeine and coffee, but I've never done anything real. I've never smoked cigarettes or uh or weed. And I've never drank before. So when I was 18, even though a bunch of kids in high school are underage when they turn 18, obviously they still do party, unfortunately. And I was never into that. I was never into that scene. So I didn't celebrate that way. And my dad said, Hey, what do you want to do to celebrate your birthday? Like, obviously you're not going to go out and party with your buddies tonight. And I said, well, it is now legal for me to skydive. And he said, Oh, that's interesting. You know, do you want me to take you? So he took me to my first tandem, and for those listening who don't know what tandem is, tandem is when you're strapped to a, to a freaking stranger. You're like sitting in his lap, and you jump out of a plane, you're strapped to a stranger. <laughs> so I, I did that, and I loved it. It was so fun. It, it wasn't like a roller coaster where, where you feel like thrill, woohoo, crazy. It was more like floating, flying, or peaceful. Very interesting. Only those who have skydived, can actually explain that it wasn't you know thrill adrenaline more peaceful floating very very different like not like a a roller coaster whatsoever so i did two more tandems loved it enough where they were like hey do you want to get your license and i was (laughs) like okay how do i do that they were like well you can jump alone after you take a class with your own parachute however to uh Professionals are next to you in air, holding you, keeping you stable. Because you know when you first exit a plane and you've never done it before alone, you're pretty unstable. You know you're falling with your back to the earth, your head to the earth. You're just tumbling, <laughs> uh, kind of like getting knocked by a big wave, right? You don't know which way's up. So they hold you belly to earth for a few jumps after you take the class. Once you get comfortable doing that, then they let you go. All of a sudden, you're able to to exit the plane without them holding you, putting you into that position. You have to get stable on your own. 25 jumps go by of learning how to fly your body, basically. You're able to have your A license. Now, 270 jumps later on every weekend. You know, it's one of my biggest yeah. passions. And it's funny because I do see a big correlation between skydiving and wrestling. And People are like, what the heck are you talking about, right? Here's what I see. There's a lot of people who will talk about winning when they're sitting there with their buddies at dinner or they're sitting with their family in the living room like, oh, you know what? I will go win states. You know what? I'm going to go to the Olympics one day. And you talk about it like it's so easy. Why? Because there's no stress involved yet. All of a sudden, a bracket comes out. You have a guy that you're not that good against or – or. The district tournament comes out, and you have a go-to match, again. and all of a sudden there's stress, and now you're oh, freaking man. I don't know. I hope I win this one, right? And it all changes because now stress has been introduced. It's the same yeah. thing. It's the same thing with Scott, I see so many of my buddies who are just like, dude, I would do it. I swear to God, I would do it. I'm not, you know, uh, a wimp. I would do it. Just call me tomorrow. Tomorrow comes. What happens? I hit them up. Hey man, you want me to take you? Stress becomes induced. It's introduced to their, 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 uh, now, and it's like, Oh man, I don't know if I could do it, man. And it changes, right? Because you start thinking about one thing, the outcome, the unknown. I don't know if I'm actually going to win. If my training actually, actually has been enough vice versa on the skydiving thing. I don't know if my gear is actually going to work. You just got to trust it. I trust my training, right? I'm walking in on a mat, and I'm like, oh, man, I hope my conditioning holds up. But then think about it. Hey, well, you know what? It should. I, I train pretty hard. Then, oh, man, I hope my top wrestling holds up. You know, I hope I can ride this guy. Well, you know what? It should. I'm pretty good, and I've trained pretty hard on top. Oh, man, I hope I can get out on bottom. Well, you know, I've put a lot of time on bottom. It should It should hold up. You should get out on bottom. Same thing with skydiving. Oh, man, I hope I can get stable while I'm falling through the air. Well, you know what? You should. You've worked on it a thousand times on the ground. Oh, well, you know what? I hope my uh, my parachute opens fine and I can fly my canopy and find the drop zone real easily and land good upwind so the wind's blowing into me and not blowing downwind where I'm going super fast. Well, you should. You've talked about it on the ground a thousand times. You've worked on it with professionals, and your gear is designed to work. right. It's all about that trust of... Of the uncontrollable stuff, one of them has a lot different of a, uh, <laughs> of a of an end result <laughs> than the other. But I've just seen a lot of similarities with that unknown, with those uncontrollables, and it's interesting to uh to to talk about. Yeah, you know, I've actually never talked about that to anybody before. He's the first person I've talked about that to. <laughs> so, that's my two, two, uh, two cents on that.
0: It's, I've never even thought about that, making a right. connection between skydiving and wrestling. Right.
1: Interesting. Well, anything that gives you a little fear, you know? Anything yeah. that gives you a little... Because a I, I feel like the guy who's... Like, listen, I do some crazy stuff. I, like, I do some... Cra- I, I swim with sharks. I, I've jumped <laughs> off, you know, antennas with a parachute, which is called base jumping, which is different than skydiving. I have ran with the Bulls with Bryce Meredith in the middle of Spain. That's a whole travel story I could tell you about. But... <laughs> I've done some crazy stuff, and people often say, hey, man, you're fearless. And I'll look at them, and I'll say, bro, what? <laughs> Heck, <laughs> no, I'm not fearless. I am scared like crazy. Hey, have you ever seen like, like me before a Big Ten wrestling match? I am terrified. What I realized is the fearless guy in the room is the most naive guy in the room. If you are standing on top of an antenna, about to jump off, and you are fearless. You are a dumb person. <laughs> you know what I mean. You're a dumb If you are about to walk in to battle Iowa Hawkeyes or Penn State, and you're fearless, <laughs> you're probably pretty naive. Like you probably I don't want to say you don't care that much, but you probably I think that you're lying. In my opinion, I think everybody ha- you know has to deal with fear. Now, the baddest dude in my opinion, or girl. Is not the person who's fearless, but the person who is overwhelmed and crippled with fear, whose voices are talking in their head like, yo, bro, turn back, yo, pretend you're sick, pretend you're hurt so you don't have to wrestle this weekend. Or, yo, let somebody else jump in front of you first, stall a little bit. But then you know what they do? They overcome it. They beat it. They jump anyways. They wrestle anyways. And they don't only just jump or wrestle. They wrestle in a way where they are completely free and limitless of risk. They can can risk freely and, you know, go into discomfort freely. It's one thing just to wrestle. It's another thing to wrestle freely where you're not just sitting there trying to hold on to a two-to-one win, but actually putting moves out there, right? Yeah. It's one thing to jump off an antenna and another thing to jump off an antenna uh, ready to act. On, on, you know, very quick instincts and, and not freeze up. So that is my thing about about fear and uh, something I've seen similar with both my adrenaline activities and my wrestling, you know.
0: Yeah, like uh, I'm not a big like roller coaster or like water slide guy. Right. So like we went, uh, I went to Splash Lagoon actually with my uh, grandma and my uncle. Where's that at? It's in Erie.
1: Oh, nice! Yeah, I've been there with the big, t- uh, the funnel slide, right?
0: Yeah, and I, I See, did all of before. them but the one uh, Hurricane Hole, which went forty miles per na- per hour. So I was actually surprised. Oh. I was like, uh, "Yeah, I did all of them except that one." And the I went two years ago, and I didn't. The only two one, the only two ones I did were the two little slides. Then this year I did all the big ones except the Hurricane Hole.
1: Right, you're growing, man. That's good. Keep growing, grow, grow that fear base. You know, it's uh. It's very hard to overcome, especially in the sport of wrestling like we just have so many things that are uncontrollable that we think about oh the crowd size or Sanderson's in the other corner. He's a really good coach or you know the other, uh, your opponent's record and you have to keep it consistent. Not only are you scared of his record when he's 21 and O, but some people also do the flip side. They change how they wrestle when he's O and 21. Just wrestle the same no matter what. My If my best move is a high crotch, and you can rank it on a 1 to 10 scale, let's pretend, uh, and at age 27, my high crotch was a 6.5. You know, it's not bad. It's decent. Not great. It's a 6.5. It's a 6.5 against a guy that's 0 and 21. It's also a 6.5 against a guy that's 21 and 0. The only question is, is his defense better than my 6.5 high crotch? We're going to find out if I actually choose to shoot it. If I'm scared and change the way I wrestle, we'll never know. And that's all I do. I chase to see how good is my wrestling. How good is my offense against this guy's defense and vice versa. How good is my defense against this guy's offense that you'll ever see? is if you make wrestling happen. If you just make wrestling happen, that's how you'll know who the better man is. You know, and it's, um, that's not my battle every day. That's why I'm preaching about it so much. You know, I, I do get nerves very bad. You know, I do hope I fall in brackets certain ways so it's yeah. an easier time to place. And that's a bad thing to have. And I, I do battle that every day. I, I want to value having, you know, a really good guy first round and focus on him only first round, you know, it's, uh, it's an everyday struggle. So it's, um, it's cool that all the little guys are able to learn this stuff while I'm learning it in my twenties, you know?
0: Yeah. Speaking of skydiving down in uh pigeon forge, I passed the indoor skydiving place.
1: Oh yeah. You should check that out. That's pretty cool.
0: I'm thinking about it.
1: Yeah. That's not very scary. So you should try that and just see how it uh, feels because it's just a big fan that's underneath you and it blows up at you, uh, and you basically just float. It's <laughs> pretty cool.
0: So uh, uh, we'll go into some Ohio State uh, stuff now. Uh, okay. What are some things that about uh, Ohio State that really appealed to you?
1: Well, wait a second, sorry, getting a little yawning. Um, one thing that I loved about Ohio State is, First of all, I'm from Ohio. There's a lot of passion in the Buckeye State for the Buckeyes. I'm sure it's the same with the Nittany Lions in Pennsylvania. It's just a Buckeye State. You know, everybody just loves Ohio State in Ohio. And now, obviously, like I always say, there's a few outliers, but for the most part, it's a Buckeye State. Number two, as I was uh, thinking about verbally and committing, Logan Stever... I was like a sophomore, right? I think I was a sophomore. So Logan Stieber had just committed. He was a year ahead of me. While I'm in the process of of figuring out where I wanted to go, another kid named Cam Tassari verbal. Another kid named Hunter Stieber, verbal. All three of them were four-time state champs in the state of Ohio, really good wrestlers. Then outside the state, four-time state champ Andrew Campitano from New Jersey, verbal. Two-time state champ Kenny Kortz from Pennsylvania, verbal. Derek Garcia, four-time state champion from Washington, verbal. And I'm getting excited, <laughs> like, holy cow, I got to jump on this train. Like, this is unbelievable. I also had a little bit of a passion for keeping homegrown wrestlers in state, only because you get a lot of love uh, wrestling in front of a home crowd that grew up watching you at, at the state tournament your whole life. It, it's a unique thing. You know, And that's not for everybody. I hope everybody listening doesn't just think that, that they have to do that. Go where you feel best. I always say this. I always say, God forbid if I broke my leg and could never wrestle again for as long as I live, would I still want to be at Ohio State? And the answer is yes. I loved Ohio State that much where if you took wrestling away, I would love the friends I had. I would love the city I was in. I would love the -the off-the-mat hobbies and activities I had. And it was just a great atmosphere. So wherever you go, that question is important because you're going to have days you got to get out of the wrestling room, right? You're going to have days you just need a second away from wrestlers and wrestling in general where you just want to do something off the mat, whether it's, you know, go to the mall, go downtown, go see a movie, whatever it is. Make sure it's somewhere that you like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Columbus was just a great place for me. I'm somebody who enjoys the city. Some people are different. Some people enjoy the country. Some people like Nebraska and Iowa where they're located, not quite in a city but more a little rural area. And uh, it just all depends on what type of person you are. I love being in a city. So when I went on my visit, I fell in love with it. You know, everything kind of aligned real well. I love being in a home, home state home fans, homegrown, and I loved the fact that I was in a little bit of a downtown urban area where, without wrestling, I was still doing uh, stuff that I enjoyed doing. So, love that.
0: Terrell Delagnev got the uh, Olympic bronze medal. Can you talk Dude, a little bit sick, about... Right? Yeah, can you talk a little bit about your relationship with him? and? Uh...
1: Yeah, everything I said just now, I paraphrase from Travell. Literally, everything I've just talked about, fear-based, all thats I mean, I steal it all from him. He is, he's the man. You know, going to Harvard, I just hope I can, you know, just take 1% of what I learned from him at Ohio State and bring it to Harvard. Him, and I'm not, it's not just him, Jay Jaggers, Tom Ryan, Lou Roselli, uh, those guys were just super influential on my wrestling, and just Travel, you know, just because he's the topic, you know, he just came in uh, third of the Olympics or just got awarded third of the Olympics. I'm sorry, I'm going to change that. He just earned third of the Olympics. Um, you know, I'm super happy for him and, and just, yeah, I, he's somebody that that's opinion and, and philosophy on wrestling. I value a lot. He is a, he is a unique mind in wrestling. He dissects stuff very well, whether it's technique or it's how people think or it's little stuff that you don't even realize you do in, in ways you think. It's just very interesting. And uh, I'm going to miss being in that room, you know, cherry-picking stuff that they talk about, you know, because every day is something new. It's exciting every day. But while I'm going to miss that, I'm also excited to see what Harvard can offer. But, uh, but yeah, he's the man. Anybody, whoever – Whoever wants to learn a little bit about wrestling, have a conversation at a wrestling tournament with Trevelda Lagman. You'll learn something in five minutes. You know, it's just, he's a unique wrestling mind.
0: What about the Ohio State, uh, the new facility?
1: Oh, dude, you got (laughs) to come check that out, man. Dude, $49 million got put into that, right? Just in the wrestling room. Five mats long, literally five, it looks like a football field. Five (laughs) mats long. Nice little weight room right on top of the mats, like right next to them. Um, A balcony for people to watch over top. TVs on every single mat so you can watch your own wrestling and play it back. It's just, uh, you know, it's just, I I say having been everywhere, but I don't know if there's a better facility right now in the sport of wrestling than that one. It is just
0: incredible. Uh, I cool. saw a video on flow of it, and it was it just looks crazy, like the locker rooms and everything. Like...
1: Yeah, locker rooms are nice. Um, yeah. There's a lot of nice facilities, man. You know, it's a, there's a lot of money going into wrestling right now, and I'm really excited for the yeah. sport in
0: general. Like Minnesota just got a new one last year, too.
1: Exactly. Lehigh has a great room. Michigan has a great room. Rutgers is building there. Shout out to Rutgers. Yeah. I love those guys. Scotty Goodale. You know, all those guys are awesome. Um, but, yeah. It's uh, a lot of money pouring into wrestling, more than ever before. And people are able to make, not even just in college wrestling, but full-time jobs as youth coaches. Full-time jobs as high school teachers slash wrestling coaches. I know Reese Humphrey, as a wrestling coach in California, was able to make a living with just his family, just being a high school wrestling coach and owning a club, Right. And he has yeah. a whole family in the state of California. It's, it's just unbelievable how much money is 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 in the sport of wrestling nowadays. It's awesome.
0: Can you uh, talk about your plans for the future for a little bit? Your, yeah, like, your wrestling yeah, Olympic year, you. fighting, coaching. I want to
1: know uh, something that I haven't told anybody? What you're the first person this would be like public with? Like besides my friends and family, a part of me really, really wants to fight. It really does. I want to fight. I want to see how good I can get. I, I'm 27, but I'm young. I feel young. My body's young. Knock on wood, I've never had any serious injuries. I had one surgery ever in my life. It was a meniscus surgery as a sophomore in high school. Besides that, never broke anything. Probably some fingers and noses, you know, typical wrestling stuff. But never really broke anything where I had to sit out for, for months or anything like that. Um, so I feel like I have a lot of competitive fight still in me. With that being said, here's my dilemma: When you want to fight, you kind of have to go through the amateur phase first. Then you have to dip into a couple pro, really in a Bellator or a UFC yet because you haven't established yourself as a big name. So you're taking these like local professional fights for like a couple hundred bucks. You got to pad your record a little bit. All of a sudden, you're five, six, and zero. Oh. Now promotions are looking, Bellator, UFC, they're starting looking. But it takes a couple years to get five or six professional fights, right? It takes a couple years. Yeah. So my dilemma was I also love coaching, and I don't want to coach in high school. I want to coach college wrestling. So I could either A, fight, but that would close my window of opportunity to coach college wrestling because – you know, there's other wrestlers every year that are graduating that want to coach college. That are the same accolade level as me. Um, I obviously, you know, believe that I could be, you know, better than everybody. But you know, from from the uh, from from a uh, 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 on paper standpoint, you know, we're the same. But then on the flip side of that, if I do just go right into coaching, my window of of fighting closes age wise. So it was a double edged sword. I wasn't sure which one to pick. So, in a perfect world, I would want to coach at Harvard right now, use that as my my full-time job, make these guys at Harvard the best versions of themselves, and, you know, be all in with Harvard. And at the same time, you know, after wrestling at Harvard practice, you know, during the day or maybe at 7 a.m. in the morning, I'd also go two, three days a week to jiu or two three days a week to boxing and i would start to learn more and more about that mma training right and maybe just see where that can take me while i'm coaching at harvard it would be spread a little bit thin but maybe get a fight or two while i'm there coaching you know and you know if i love it if i do well you never know where that could take me and i, I would at least you know get to see what would happen right i get to see what happens so that's my uh that's kind of where I see myself. I see myself coaching at Harvard right now for, for quite a while. And at the same time training a little bit for MMA and maybe getting a couple pro fights while I'm out there in Boston.
0: So are you uh, going to wrestle the Olympic here or not?
1: Yes. Yes. I, you know, I completely forgot to say that. Yes. I'm still going to go this, uh, in this cycle this year, I'm still going to compete and wrestle the U S open and, uh, Olympic trials and all that.
0: So, uh, if you had to describe Tom Ryan in just one short sentence, what would you say?
1: Right before I describe describe Tom Ryan, what's your goals with wrestling? Do you want to fight? Do you want to wrestle? Do you want to coach? What what, what do you want
0: to uh, do? You
1: want to be a, um, a social media personality like like Willie or CP? You want to work in the media one day? Like what what was your you know lifelong? I'm 40 years old. Goal be in wrestling. I'd
0: probably I'd want to be, I want to be a high school state champion. And then I uh national champion for Iowa and then uh probably something with uh kinda like what uh like C P and Willie and them do, like flow, like I also write articles for HMA, so I uh I'll maybe like you have po- podcast goals. Uh
1: you say HMA, home mad right? Yeah. So like what you have goals like for your for your podcast?
0: Uh Sort of. I mean, I don't
1: know. Well, that's cool, man. I just, I kind of like to
0: work with, like, go ahead.
1: People underestimate how important having social media personalities in the sport of wrestling is. You know, people, a lot of people want to, you know, he's one of my best friends, Dylan Palacio. A lot of people (laughs) want to hate on him. Obviously, his videos are outrageous. You don't have to (laughs) love his videos. You don't have to love his personality. You don't have to. That's that's all opinionated. However, having platforms like that, Ben Askren, Dylan Palacio, um, whoever is just out there, you know, Christian Piles, Willie Saylor. Willie being, Willie being the way he is on social media, you know, some people get very annoyed with it because he says, oh, I'm the best wrestling mind there is, blah, blah, blah. You don't have to like that or agree with him. But it's good for wrestling to have people talking crap. It's good for wrestling to have that kind of stuff. It's good for people to say, oh, that guy annoys me, right? Even though it sounds like a sneak this it's good. It's good for wrestling. So I, uh, I, I, I value those kind of people. You know, if that's something you want to be one day, a big social media personality, not somebody who has, like, haters, but like more, maybe more like CP or Nomad, <laughs> that's a great thing. You need that. We need people that just talk about the sport. That go out there and have podcasts. That go out there and tweet about it and post about it. It's super important to have that because it puts wrestling on timelines that it's not normally on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, and that's great, man. So I'm excited for for you, and and I think that you're on your way to do some pretty cool stuff. Speaking
0: of Willie's uh, Twitter personality, the other earlier uh, last, or last week, he so uh, I'm, I did like a fantasy draft with like uh, Sam and like on Russell stat. And so, uh, I, Willie and Sam were like putting their teams. So I put mine in the replies and then he quoted my uh, tweet and said how bad my team was. And he was like, your team is the worst team in history. And, uh, That's
1: any sport. Hilarious.
0: And then, and then I, uh, and then I replied to him and said, my team would beat your team any day of the week. Does and then know
1: who you
0: are, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think so.
1: He probably doesn't realize you're just an eighth grade kid and that is so funny. Yeah and then uh, uh, that is awesome.
0: And then um, Sam told hey, me he's to just say a crap that talker. Uh, I love it. Sam told me to say that my team would beat him any day of the week. So I I said that and then uh and then uh, he uh, he said, Nuh uh and then I said 'cause I had Zahid in like my uh floaters or whatever and then he and he uh, goes He go, go
1: eighty four and seventy four. I saw your tweet on Twitter.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then he uh, he was like, "Why do you have to heat in your backups?" And I was like, and then I said that, and then he was like, uh, then he said that him uh, him Jude Sam Eli and all of Eli's wings would go into a fantasy draft, and he said, "I bet you won't come in." And I said, like a minute later, I said, "I'm down." (laughs) And then
1: that is so funny. And then
0: he's he's never said anything else about it, so I'm gonna tweet. Sometime and say, "Hey Willie, are you ducking this draft or what?"
1: Let's go. I love it. I love it. Well, that's awesome, man. All right. Well, I'm sorry I went off on a tangent a little bit. <laughs> I know your last question. Uh, you asked me if I can describe Tom Ryan and what?
0: Can you just one short sentence, like.
1: I don't even need a short sentence. I need one word. I need passionate, <laughs> passionate, super passionate. I'll give you two words. The guy is just. I mean, if it if if, if chopping his arm off would mean his guys don't even just not, not, I don't want to even say win cause win sounds selfish for a coach, if chopping his arm off made his wrestlers better people, he would do it. He just cares so much, man. He, he just, he gives a lot of his time to the sport away from his family, away from his, you know, his own hobbies, just to see people he cares about, be the best version of themselves. And, uh, and I'm, I'm sure other coaches are great, but but I'm so fortunate that I was able to be around Tom Ryan for five years at Ohio State, plus this past year uh, as an RTC member at Ohio State.
0: How about Terrell?
1: This is a compliment, but it's going to sound like um, I'm dissing him. Ready? Psychotic. <laughs> In a good way. Like, psych- just just can dissect things like nobody's business. Just understands wrestling on a different level that is just psychotic to all of us. We just I, kill, I don't I can't see the sport like he does, and I wish I could. And and I, I, that's why I cherry pick so much of what he says. <laughs> I steal from him probably one of the most. Um, him and Jay. So you know that's uh, that's my word for Travell.
0: So now on to one of the biggest debates. In wrestling, in the wrestling world, states, not state. <sighs> is that what you're gonna ask? Me? Yep, wait, <laughs> wait. So, what was your answer?
1: Uh, I don't know if this is loud right now, but I am paying a toll, so I apologize. <laughs> but I gave I said states with an
0: s, yes, 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 states all the way.
1: That's funny. I, I called what you were gonna ask. Me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, dude, I, I think it's it's a uh, singular possessive, so it's not states with an S, saying there's multiple state tournaments. It's states with an S, like I own the state title, right? Like if you put yeah. D in front of it, it's it's uh it's the state championships. But I would never say um world, yeah, right. I would say world champ. I would say the world championships, but I would say I'm going to worlds. I would say I'm going to nationals. I would say I'm going to Olympics. So why do we change it for states? It's states.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what right? uh, uh, Flo put out a thing like last year or something, state or states, and uh, shout out to Michael Kemmerer, one of the best tweets ever. And he said, districts, regionals, worlds, Olympics – why not states? Exactly. Like, why would it change? It's every like even people out in Iowa, they call it districts, they call it regionals, but then why would I know. It well, like, you're absolutely it right. It just sounds so I weird even, when I, you I'll say, say, uh, I'll
1: say, I'll say, I'll say, state title. Right? Yeah, state yeah. Title, I'll say. but states, if I'm going to states, I'm going to states. I'm going to Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yeah. I'm going to, is it Hershey? Where is
0: it? Hershey, yeah, Harrisburg.
1: Hershey, Where's is your state the, title, state Hershey
0: the high school is uh, in Hershey.
1: No, where's your state tournament? Where's the Giants Center? Is it in Hershey or is it?
0: Yeah, it's in Hershey.
1: Yeah, so that's, that's states. I made it to states this year. Hey, did you qualify for states?
0: Yeah, states. <laughs> yeah, it's, it just sounds so weird. Oh, I, I won state last year. No, it's I won states.
1: I agree, man. I agree.
0: So now if uh, we're going to move on to some questions from uh, listeners from Twitter. And uh, you can All answer right. them as well. So, we have our first one from Wrestler Never Dies a Cat Fan. Spencer slash Seabass could happen four more times this year. What has to happen for th- for this to be the best rivalry in wrestling? You want to go first or?
1: Sure. Uh, What has to happen? They got to go two and two, you know? That would be epic.
0: I say if they. One person. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. You go.
1: If one person wins all four. Yeah. Uh, It'll be great matches. But it's hard to say rivalry when someone's winning every time. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I I not only do they just have to go two and two, but they can't be escaping a rideout, out, right? Yeah. And Spencer's Spencer's never escaping a rideout. out. <laughs> he's he's putting points on the board. I'm not too worried about that one. Um but yeah, it's already a great rivalry, bro. It's it's awesome. I you know.
0: I'd say I uh I'd say I think Seabass would have to beat Spencer like when it matters at Big Tens or NCAAs, just not in the dole at or, Yeah, that's fair. At Midlands. Or Midlands. Yeah. Yeah. Cause K-A's. I I mean, they could even if they went two and two, uh like Spencer wouldn't like Zahid and Mark Hall, like they go back and forth every year at the national tournament.
1: That's a great rivalry, huh? Yeah. That's cool. It's... How about how about you know Another rivalry in wrestling, Vincenzo and and Marinelli. Yeah, I'm
0: a huge Hawkeye fan. So I love that it (laughs) picks up. Yeah, of course.
1: Marinelli's from Ohio. I I knew him growing up. That's a fantastic rivalry. Yeah. I mean, Marinelli just wrestles him so well. And I love Vincenzo. He's one of my boys. Like, I like Vincenzo a lot. Um, Marinelli just happens to wrestle him really well. Uh, It's a great, great rivalry, great match every time they wrestle. And I'm sure both of them love, you know, going at it with each other. You know,
0: because it's, it's, a, it's a challenge. Mm, so our next question is from Cliff Fretwell. What do you think is your biggest resource to getting better outside the mat room? Video, books, weights, nutrition, etc. Go ahead.
1: People I hang with.
0: That's a good answer. Probably.
1: People I hang with. Only because, you know, you, you – like, I don't drink, right? I yeah. told you I don't drink. But if I hung with people that drank – yeah even though i would never i would never be peer pressured into doing it i still stay up late i still devalue maybe waking up early for something i still um they're not like minded on the same mission as me so although you might not take part in their activities you still be you still i accidentally um do stuff that that you don't even realize you're gonna do you know what i mean so yeah Hanging around people, uh, you know, that maybe are gonna make you feel a little guilty for not waking up, like they all worked out and you didn't. You, you'd, you'd be like, "Damn it!" You know, I gotta get up and go. You know, hard right now. One of those, or I've been at dinner with with people that you know aren't training, and they order whatever they want and they eat whatever they want, and you know that's their lifestyle. I'm not talking bad about them. They can do what yeah. they want because they have different goals. Maybe it's business or financial goals. So. While I'm around them, what do I do? I order whatever I want. But then I'm around, you know, like when I traveled overseas with Bryce Meredith, uh, I remember he would order water every restaurant we went to. And just because he was ordering it, when I would order a Pepsi or a Coke, I would feel like bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be like, you know what? This guy's ordering water. You know what? I'll take a water, too, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. it just indirectly made me choose better decisions. So just the people I hang out with is a very important thing because all the other stuff will, will fall into that. If they're all weight training, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to weight train, probably, if I'm going to. And listen, this cannot be the only reason you do what I'm saying. You should weight train because it's the right thing to do. You should eat right because it's the right thing to do. If you had no friends – you still have to find that inspiration to do that anyways. However, it is a good thing to lean on at times when you need to. You know what I mean? It's a good thing. Hey, I have a good group of people around me. I have good teammates around me. I have good friends around me. I have good family around me that do push me to to choose good decisions. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. don't rely on it. Don't rely on it, but it's a good thing to have.
0: I'd probably have to say wait. This is a tough one. I probably have to say weights, but nutri- It's probably either weights or nutrition, but I, I probably have to say weights. Yeah. I think getting, I think being stronger is a big part of, uh, like, uh, a big part in matches.
1: Heck yeah! I mean, dude, name a sport you use every muscle the way we do. Combat sports are different. Yeah. You do not use every muscle. And I'm not saying our sport's harder. I'm not one of those wrestling people that say, oh, wrestling's the hardest. Like, you don't use every muscle in basketball, right? Sometimes I see people training and benching, and I'm always like, you know, what's the point? And obviously I don't know enough about their sport to understand, but you don't use every muscle in basketball. You don't use every muscle in baseball, right? Yeah. Yeah you know, certain football players do, but you don't use every muscle in the sport of football. Certain ones do linebackers, stuff like that. But it's just interesting how wrestling, every single muscle is used. I try to think of another sport that does that, and the only one I can think of is rock climbing. And that's not, I mean, is that even a sport? I don't know, but you use every piece of your body in rock climbing, I'm sure, you know, and that's probably the closest one to every single piece of your body in wrestling. Like, it's cool because there's not a single workout you could do in wrestling that doesn't benefit you, whether it's a marathon or yoga. Either one is somehow going to be good for your wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you think about another sport, every single workout might not be the best. Like, how much do I really have to bench in golf? You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Right? So it's like it's just interesting. Any workout you name, whatever it is, whether it's running, whether it's weight training, whether it's yoga, whether it's swimming for a workout, whatever it is, it's gonna help your wrestling. And that is just a unique sport to have, where anything can just benefit you. Now, there's drawbacks to any workout too, right? You know, you run 26 miles, you're probably gonna be pretty beat up. But you you, you get what I'm saying. Anything really does help you in wrestling. It's a very unique sport like
0: that. Yeah. So uh, our next question is just for you from Seth Duckworth. He says, what advice would you give to all, uh, all of us young guys going into sports media, like tips on interacting with athletes and stuff like that?
1: Good question. Um, I'm pretty – I'm pretty laid back, so I don't care when anybody talks to me, but I do know how some people get, you know, some people uh, want a lot of, of um, you know, at certain times, be respectful. Uh, I do see a lot of people ask for, and this isn't just sports media, this is just kids in general, ask for pictures and autographs at the wrong time, maybe after a loss yeah. or right before a match, stuff like that. Um, Know how to read the situation. You know, know how to read the, the 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 individual's personality and work the conversation a little bit. It doesn't have to be, hey, boom, can I ask you some questions right into it? It could be like friendly at first and then kind of, you know, push your agenda into hey, come on my podcast one day. After This is if you're in person, right? Yeah. Uh, You know, into it a little bit. Just, you know, we – well, not we. I I love talking and I love meeting people. And um, I could talk about wrestling all day, but I just do – I do know some people do get sick of it. So it's just about being respectful and knowing when when the window of opportunity is there to ask, you know, stuff like that. Um, Also – if you ever have somebody on your show, and I see this happen a lot, I don't care, but I see a lot of wrestlers get mad at this when they lose later on down the line. That same media outlet will not necessarily bash them, but won't, won't say the And you could talk about someone's loss. It's a talking point. You could talk about how they came up short. You could talk about how maybe they didn't look as good as they normally do. That's fine. But, again, always keep it respectful if they showed you respect to come on your show or to give you an interview or et cetera. Always show them respect back even when they lose. You could talk about how they lost. You could talk about how they didn't look, maybe their best performance ever. But just always show them respect. I do remember, and I I love flow. I really do. But I do remember – uh a um an Instagram about Logan Stever one day that, that wasn't very nice and it came kind of came off bad. It was uh that meme of, of Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, when he throws money at Wolf of Wall Street, he threw those L's. He was throwing L's at a picture of Logan. And uh. I just didn't think that was the best look after all of the interviews and stuff Logan has done for, you know, media yeah. outlets. And uh, you know, I just I just think always keeping a classy, respectful thing is important. Like, hey, Logan lost. He didn't look great. That's fine to say, but throwing L's at him, you know, in a meme, yeah. isn't isn't necessarily the greatest uh, <laughs> the greatest post that people could have chose to post.
0: So uh, that about does it. Uh, thanks everyone for the questions. Uh, make sure you go follow my uh, Twitter uh, Wrestling Recess. My Instagram at wrestlingrecess_podcast, underscore podcast. And I also have a uh, Gmail wrestlingrecess at gmail.com. So keep sending in the questions. And uh, thanks, Johnny, for allowing me to have you on my podcast. I really hope we can uh, get you back on here sometime. And talk more Phew. wrestling. It was a blast. Yeah. Thanks. See ya. <laughs>